at my school, they had an event where they had alumni come back and talk about their experience. And they were like, you should always follow up. I'm not very, I, like, I, I get nervous about networking, you know, and like emailing. But I'm like, it couldn't hurt, you know, might as well just like throw it out there just in case. So, and I guess it ended up working out. So now I feel like I have to do it all the time. Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Delzalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Corinth Boone. She is a black artist working as a prop designer at Cartoon Network. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so like you said, um, I currently work for Cartoon Network, but I'm from New Jersey. That's where I was uh, born and where we grew up. I went to school at uh, Maryland College of Art in Baltimore. And then I just recently moved out here in September. I'm in California now uh, in Burbank, oh, wow. going to Cartoon Network every week, which is crazy. <laughs> Isn't that insane? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Well, before we get into the interview, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them and let us know why. Oh, okay. I'll start us off with the first question. Who would you rather have as your animal sidekick? Jake the dog from Adventure Time or Puppy Cat from Bee and Puppy Cat? Oh, that's a tough question. I feel like they're kind of opposites. Like, I feel like Jake would be like my best friend and give me good advice. And then Puppy Cat would like, he's kind of selfish, you know? <laughs> I feel like he'd be a good buddy, but also like, you know, he'd like force me to take him out for dinner or something. I have to pay for everything. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I think I like, I still like Puppy Cat a lot. Like, I think he's really cute and really funny. Mm. I think like logically, I would say Jake, probably, because like, you know, mm. we can like cook together, make breakfast, hang out, like have adventures and stuff. With Puppy Cat, I guess I could do that, too, like have a temp <laughs> job. But like, I don't know, he might have an attitude. <laughs> you said logically, but like what's in your heart? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. In my heart, I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I think in my heart, like, Puppy Cat would be, would be pretty cool. Because he's so cute. I don't know. I think he has, like, the perfect design. The, like, (laughs) the big, I feel like I would take a million photos of him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And he does care about B, so, like, you know, it's not all grumpy, so. Mm -hmm. How about you, Ray? Oh, man, I would. I'd probably go with Jake the dog because Jake <laughs> feels more like a bro. It's true, yeah. You, you, of course, going for the bros, bro. Yeah, based on everything that Corns was saying, I agree. I don't think I've like, I don't think I've got along all that well with Puppy Cat, or I think Puppy Cat would be, yeah, too much of, too too selfish. Yeah, I want somebody that's chill. <laughs> I think with Jake, it's like we can do our own thing, but then we can like you know sit down the on the on the couch, just watch some like anime or something, and we be we be chill. That's true. What about you, Yuki? I mean, like, also logically, Jake the dog, right? But now I'm thinking, like, it, uh, 
if I was if I did have the temp job and I hung out with Puppy Cat, like I would have a magical girl transformation. That's just so appealing. Yeah. You can have like a cool outfit every day. Oh. (laughs) It's hard because like as much as I I really like Jake the dog and I really like that that sort of sibling dynamic, right? Like they're brothers or whatever um, in Adventure Time. I'm also kind of like at that point in my life where I'm like, I would rather have a pet than my brother around. (laughs) 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 Like maybe I would have Puppy Cat around because I also have Wyatt to take care of. That's true. Puppy Cat is more like a pet. A little bit more like a pet. I mean, I know he's like a what outlaw or something. Prince, yeah. In in the body. Yeah. A little bit more like a coworker slash pet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final question. Who would you rather have assist you in a heist? The bad guys from The Bad Guys or Lupin the Third from Lupin the Third? <laughs> this is so funny. I just watched Bad Guys for the first time like three nights ago. So I like this is fresh in oh, my wow. mind. Okay. Yeah, this is fresh in my <laughs> yes. mind. I yes. this is a question I can answer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think I gotta go. With the bad guys, I think. <gasps> really? Okay. Oh, Just wow. because I know that the Lupin gang, they fight a lot. <laughs> and like, I feel like a lot of times they operate on their own interests and it can ruin the heist. I feel like with the bad guys, they're pretty close knit. They had the, like, you know, the whole movie was like they had a falling out, but like at the end, they could, like, you know, they figured it out. They're only one falling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're like pretty coordinated like the whole time. So I feel like if I want to get the heist done, I think mm-hmm. I would do it that way. Plus, I feel like they have the upper hand because they have like a hacker on their team. The Lupin gang, they're kind of old school, you know, they don't like. Yeah. They've done like hacking before, but like it just feels kind of weird. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'd yeah, trust yeah. a tarantula to hack the system more than I would Jigen or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely is, like, of the time, right? Because it's yeah. more about, of, like, the 90s or the 80s, even. Yeah. I don't remember what time period Lupin is in, but, yeah. Yeah. Bad Guys was a good time, though. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know why it took me so long to see it as a, as a Lupin fan, because I know everyone was like, oh, they've been, like, expi- inspired by each other. And I saw yeah. that and I was like, oh, that's great. I should totally watch it. And then I never got around to it. So I'm glad I finally saw it. It was a good time. <laughs> it's hard. There's a lot of good stuff out nowadays. Definitely. Yeah. DreamWorks has been really killing it with their movies lately. I yeah. Think they've been having like a, a, one, a wonderful resurgence, especially like. Absolutely. They're telling a lot more fun stories, but they're, re- they're also really having fun with a lot of the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for their films. So it's been it's been great. But. Yeah, no, every, exactly everything that you said. Actually, before I go, Yuki, what what would you what would you go with between the two? Ah, uh, that's really hard. I mean, if I was in the bad guys, I could be a furry, right? Like that's the <laughs> obvious. <laughs> that's I guess the so. you, you would be choice. an animal. Yeah, you could be an animal. <laughs> could be your persona and rob a bank. Oh, I do love like I I even though they fuck up a lot, I do love the Lupin gang. I just mm. think they're really fun dudes to hang out with. <laughs> it's true. I also noticed uh. like 
obviously like the bad guys is a kid's movie so they can't use yeah, guns yeah. or anything like that i remember i was watching it i was thinking like i wish that they could use guns <laughs> <laughs> it feels like they should <laughs> wait did did it didn't the cops use guns uh i don't think well, no. so no i don't that's no, a good they question they use handcuffs. Drove a lot of cars and dog yeah. piled on people yeah okay but they never I used guns i guess i didn't notice that Anyways, yeah. Uh, so I guess for me, I'll probably go with like, yeah, I don't know. I think I would go with Lupin. I think I think the bad guys would be fun, especially with all the different people on the team. Mm. But I just think like, I just think it'd be a lot more fun to hang out with Lupin. Also, dude, I love the dude with the hat, the, the hat and the oh, cigarette. Guy. Oh, he's like my favorite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's fun. Yeah, yeah. He's really cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you so much for playing in between with us, Corin. Oh, no problem. And to our audience, if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, send us a message either on Twitter or Instagram at straightaheadap or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. So I just want to thank you again, Corns, for being on the podcast. We're so excited to have you on. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so yeah, let's start off. Could you tell us how you first got your start working in the animation industry? Sure. So... I I think it was in 2021. I took a semester off from school mm. because uh, obviously like COVID was happening and they decided to move it online and I wasn't really mm. feeling it. Like I was like, I think I'd rather have time to work on my portfolio separately for a semester. So mm. that's when mm-hmm. I started kind of teaching myself prop design and like character design. And I was putting together like a portfolio website And I don't remember if it was like a portfolio day or some kind of event on Twitter where I had posted my information or something. And I guess a recruiter from Cartoon Network had like come upon it and they reached out to me about doing freelance on Craig of the Creek. And of course, I was so surprised. I was like, oh, my God, is this real? I couldn't believe it. (laughs) But it also kind of stunk because they wanted me to be at the studio like oh. and i couldn't you know they're like we want to do a hybrid model so you mean for freelance yeah it was interesting that they wanted it. in the beginning they were like you could do it remotely but eventually we'd want to try to get everyone into the office and i was like um. okay and i had to turn them down because i was still in school but mm. uh they of course mm. they were like you know keep us up to date on like when you'll get out of school and give us your information so i did that and then I followed up with them in my senior year just to make sure they hadn't forgotten about me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, just in case, like I updated my portfolio. Here's my link. Like, uh, please don't forget about me. <laughs> and then um, I graduated school and um, I was applying for jobs and looking around and I got another email from them. They wanted to interview me to work on Jessica, which I was just like a Ooh, spinoff of yeah. Craig. And again, I was so mm-hmm. surprised. I was like, oh, my God. OK, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, I did the interview. Um, I did freelance for them for a little while. And then they asked me to do full time. Um, and at that point, I was ready. I was like, OK, I was in my parents' house. I was like, I'm ready to move out. <laughs> I was like, OK, I'm ready for a new start. So I packed up and I moved to Burbank, where I am now. And I've been living here since September. And things have been going pretty well. Uh, so I guess that's kind of how. How that happens. <laughs> the power of social media, I guess, and like following up mm-hmm. with people once you have them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like in uh, 2021, were you already in your like uh, junior year? So you only yeah. had like, a couple semesters or one more semester to go? Yeah, I was in my junior year. I think it was my first semester of junior year, I think. So I had three more before I was oh, out of okay, school. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I was kind of worried. Like, I, I didn't hear from them for a while. So I just assumed I was like, oh, they might have forgotten. Like, I don't know. But mm-hmm. at my school, they had an event where they had alumni come back and talk about their experience. And they were like, you should always follow up. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I hate I, I I'm not very I like I, I get nervous about networking, you know, and like emailing, but like yeah. it couldn't hurt, you know, mm-hmm. might as well just like throw it out there just in case. So and I guess it ended up working out. So now I feel like I have to do it all the time <laughs> just in case. <laughs> no, for sure. For you, how was like that transition? Because you're originally from New Jersey transitioning from like. New Jersey to California how has like that been has it been a bit of a culture shock or like definitely yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's very different out here um mm. I think like I think the vibe of, it's a lot more laid back here I think like coming from like the mm. northeast east coast like everyone's in a hurry to get somewhere you know it's like mm-hmm. I think even now, like I'm a really mm-hmm. fast walker. So like when I go on walks, like I notice people walk so much slower out here. Like they're just taking their time, which I admire. I think that's like it's nice to like slow down like that. I'm so I'm in a rush, but I realize I'm not really going anywhere. But even then, too, like the weather is like I think that's the biggest change is the weather. Like when I first moved here, it was September. It was like the, the week of the heat wave, I think. So it was like 100 something mm-hmm. degrees. It was so hot, like walking to the grocery store. I was melting. <laughs> It was crazy. And like now, like yesterday, it was like in the 70s. And I'll call my parents on the phone and they're like, yeah, it's high of 30 this week. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm not there right now. (laughs) Uh. Could you tell us what the role of a prop designer is in the animation pipeline? My job uh, is basically I have to draw based on like the storyboards that they give me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like based on like the story and all that, I have to come up with uh, props that the characters interact with in the episode, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, it could be it could be really anything um, like um, table chair. If someone picks up like a magic wand, I would have to draw that. And it was actually pretty funny when I started doing freelance. I didn't like. I'm still like, you know, I was just out of college and we didn't really do any prop design at school, like at all. So my knowledge of it was just like looking on the Internet and like looking at people who've done prop design before and like studying their portfolio. So I was under the impression that like they give you the prop and you draw it from like every conceivable angle. Like (laughs) (laughs) the first few props that I did, like they gave me the boards that they were from. And I was like, okay, so let me draw this. From the top, the bottom, the back, the front, the side. And I kind of learned later <laughs> that, like, you just draw what they need. Like, <laughs> I, there was no need for me to be doing so much work. And, like, I was timing it, of course, because I was f- freelancing. And I'm like, wow, this is taking me a lot longer than I thought it would. Like, mm. this is a lot of work. I didn't realize how much uh, work it is. And it still is work, but it's definitely not what I was doing before. Like, mm-hmm. studying the mm-hmm. the volumes of, like, a razor and, like, trying to draw it, like... <laughs> 
I do yeah. wonder. Like yeah, they yeah, never yeah. they never told me not to do it. Like you know, it's not wrong. It's just like kind of unnecessary. So yeah, I think to that point, doing doing all of the views like top down, you know, front back. That's useful if you're designing for three D. If they need yeah. to put it into like a model, yeah, you need all of those like for the volumes. But like you said, it's mm. really it's more just like a reference. <laughs> yeah, in 2D. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to yeah, help reference like, for overseas. Yeah. That was interesting too. When I was in school, Cartoon Network came to our school to do like a a talk and like talk about their internship program and stuff. And we mm-hmm. were all excited because we were all animation majors. Mm. And so one of the students like raised her hand and was like, So how much animation are we gonna be doing at work? And they were like, um, oh. none. None. Sorry. We were all crushed. Like we had no idea that it's all like overseas, you know? So Mm -hmm. like I was convinced that I would be doing animation for my job, but honestly, I'm kind of glad it ended up working out this way. I feel like I enjoy animation, but I feel like if I had to do it for for work, I would be really burnt out. Like Mm, it would be a lot for me. I think um, like design work is kind of a good balance where like I'm still helping like the animation process, but I'm not like doing frame by frame and like clean up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Going back a bit, one of the interesting things you mentioned is that like, yeah, they don't really teach prop design in school. I don't know if that's true with every school, but I do think it's something that tends to kind of get glossed over. I feel like when you're learning, especially like on the visual development side, it's usually tends to be like environments and characters and sometimes like little things like props. And even like I want to say color design a bit kind of like falls by the wayside, hoping that like the principles you learn for characters mm. that you can apply to props, but it's like it would be beneficial and helpful to kind of understand like what and like what a portfolio, what like a a model sheet would look like for or a prop sheet, I guess, would look like for for a prop and stuff. Like getting yeah. more insight on that would be very helpful. Definitely, I yeah, I feel like the animation program where uh, I went to school was more focused on like just like the actual animation process which is fine but i feel like thinking more realistically about jobs that you'll get if you're in the industry like it's more a lot of it is more design focused which i think there could definitely be more classes that are focused on that there was a character design class but it was like the illustration majors had like priority on enrollment which was like kind of weird I remember being disappointed mm. about that. I was never able to get into the class, so I kind of had to like. There was like a yeah. Mm. There was a little. Um, we spent like a week or so on character design in like um, my pre-production class for animation. So we did spend time on it, but a lot. Honestly, a lot yeah, of the stuff like I week. learned was when I took the semester off, and I was like doing a lot of googling and just yeah, like looking yeah. at other people's portfolios and kind of learning from that. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I guess like while on that topic right now, yeah, how do you feel like your education at Maryland Institute College of Art prepared you for your kind of career in animation? It's interesting. Like, I feel like on the whole, I'm glad that I went. Mm. I think just for me, I'm the kind of person where I really need a school environment or else like I won't get anything done, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, especially (laughs) for like new techniques, Mm -hmm. you know, like at least for like my thesis film, I really tried to experiment with like mixed media and like stuff like that. And I feel like if I was not in school, I never would have done that. You know, like I I needed that push to do that. But I feel like for like practical jobs, like character design, storyboarding, all that stuff, I feel like you could definitely like learn it. But I wish there was more of a focus on it. 
at school. Mm-hmm. It's, everything's kind of sectioned out really weirdly where like, if you want to learn character design, you have to like pray that you can get into this one class with like mm-hmm. one teacher and like prop design. We didn't learn it at all, really. And like FX, mm-hmm. we spent a week on FX animation, which honestly, I feel like that would have helped me a lot now because I say I'm a prop designer, but I do effects too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they usually fall to my supervisor, but every once in a while I do them. And I really do wish like that first week when I was freelancing and I had to do water effects for the first time, I felt so clueless. Like I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And I I wish that I'd spent more, we'd spent more time on it in school because like a lot of it was just me Googling, like looking at pictures of water and being like, how do I stylize this? I'm not sure. I mm-hmm. felt very yeah. out of my depth on that. I, 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 that's one thing I feel like I've learned that I had not a lot of knowledge of, um, just through experience, like learning by doing with effects, but mm-hmm. yeah. And even like we had a class that was like professional practices where you like learn, like, and when you get out in the real world, it's like you have a business card, a website, and a lot of the focus in that class was on like submitting your work to festivals, which is mm, cool. Interesting. But I feel like it, oh, yeah. it's not really a career. It's more like something you do on the side of your job, you know, like you get a job mm-hmm. in animation and then you make short films in your free time and then you submit them. And I guess they were treating it more as like, once you get out of school, this is what you're going to do. Like submit all your films to festivals and just make it work. And I'm like, I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they were more focused on sort of like indie filmmaking right like yeah making your own content that's a good stuff, yeah uh, that's rather a good than way of... like entering the industry yeah 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 and i think it too it, it comes from a lot of the faculty like most of them are more used to like indie film making and like experimental mm-hmm. film and that stuff is great like honestly i'm glad that yeah. they have that experience because i was able to learn like mm-hmm. pipeline making a film yourself like that's a great skill to have i think but i think too like having a more like modern perspective on like where the industry is and like getting a job in the animation industry. Like the fact that we didn't know that all the animation happens overseas is kind of telling yeah, too. like, one. we had no idea. <laughs> so we were so mm-hmm. disappointed to find that out, you know, like I wish that a teacher had told us that, you know, <laughs> and yeah. we'd have to find out like all at once that one time, but you know, I think that's, you know, the internet too, a great resource. I learned a lot from the internet and just like reading blogs of artists and like looking at portfolio websites and all that stuff too. But yeah, over, overall, I enjoyed my school experience. I think I did a lot of work I wouldn't normally do. And I, it made me really love the animation process. But I think like there could definitely be more about like practical application uh, mm-hmm. of your skills in like the real world. So, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. If it's okay, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, semester you took off because I think that's really awesome. I know, like mm-hmm. in in the U.S., right? We kind of like immediately get funneled from high school to college, and then it's like get your degree as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. But in like other parts of the world, they're really encouraged to. I, I think I don't actually know where, but in like uh, the U.K., for example. They take a skip year. So between high school and college, they're encouraged to just like mm. do whatever they want for a year, like go traveling, you know, work on stuff for themselves. Mm. And then they go into like university and 
I think the university's also paid for. But <laughs> I think that stuff is really important, especially when you're young. Like you don't know anything about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, especially what you want to do. And um, I think taking off a semester just to work on what you wanted to work on was really smart. Especially like you said, there's so much uh, online now, you know, free resources on YouTube, uh, people just posting their portfolio work or like uh, once a episode airs, you know, some people will be like, oh, look at what I, I made for the episode. You can just find that stuff online. So I guess with that said, like, what was your thought process going into like your skip semester? Was it like difficult for you? Were you like ever worried about, you know, like stopping and then picking up school or like, were you in a good financial situation? Like what were kind of the factors that went into it? Well, I mean, I think the, uh, like, uh, the biggest reason for it was definitely cause I didn't want to do online school. <laughs> like I couldn't access the resources. I feel like online art school is like the worst. Like you can do online school if you're in high school or something like that, where you're just submitting assignments. But I feel like if you're in like a design class or if you're doing, you know, it's just a lot harder to do from home. So mm. thought it would be like the most beneficial for me. But you were talking about like graduating as soon as possible. It's funny that you say that because I did really want to graduate uh, with all my friends. Like I didn't want to have to spend yeah. another semester. Mm -hmm. So while while I took my semester off, like all my time was kind of split between I was like working on my portfolio, I was applying to jobs, and then I was also figuring out like classes at the local community college. I was like, if I could get like credits, mm -hmm. if I could set up summer classes, I can make up the work and get the credits so I could still graduate on time. So I was oh, kind of like frantically like <laughs> like calling the Baltimore community college and being like, do you have any classes that I could take over the summer? Like online classes. It was honestly, I feel like that whole experience was really good for me. Like growing up, like, cause mm. I was, um, mm. I was off campus. I had planned to move in with, uh, three other roommates off campus. Um, and they all ended up bailing out because oh, we were no. all online and oh. like, they're like, I mean, they were like, we don't, you know, it made sense. It's like, we don't want to go all the way to Baltimore to not even go on campus. Like, it doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. We'll all just stay where we are. That's true. I think a lot of people ended up doing that. Too. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like, even at our school, just like, under, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to pay for an apartment in San Jose if I'm not going to be in San exactly, Jose. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but, um, and I was on that same boat too, but honestly, I was going crazy at my parents' house. I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't think I can. I feel so unproductive here. Like I need to get away. Like I need to go somewhere. And luckily they were, they were totally okay with it because they were planning to like have me out there anyway. So it was like, why don't you just go? And then, you know, like figure it out while you're there. And so I ended up, um, since my roommates weren't there, it was just me in the apartment. So I was by myself. And oh. then, um, <laughs> I mean, I honestly kind of liked living on my own, but it definitely forced me to like be more of an adult. Like I was calling a school. I was like getting all my groceries and like uh, figuring out I was on my I was on the phone with my mom forever figuring out how to make a cover letter. Oh. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, so what do I say? She's like, oh, you just tell them why you're so interested. I'm like, okay. But it, I really was focusing a lot on myself. I think it was a good time for me. Like, 
just figuring things out and like learning programs too. I think while I was, I wasn't like physically in school, I still had that Adobe license that they give you, which was great. So I could like still like figure out After Effects and like (laughs) stuff at home, which was great. It was a lot. It was a very, it was a busy time. I was doing a lot. Um, And then when it was Mm. time to go back to school, it was still online. So I ended up like doing the thing I wanted to avoid doing. But Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. by then, like I had already gotten the freelance offer. So I think that was like an indication that I was doing something right where I was like, okay, Mm. so portfolio looks good. Yeah. Yeah. My social media, like, you know, people are seeing it. I guess I can relax for now and focus on finishing school. So, so I can like hit them up again and then hopefully get the job. (laughs) For sure. It seems like you were really productive in that semester that you took off and it it has paid off. You're at Cartoon Network right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So one of the other things I kind of want to ask you about is that what was your biggest takeaway after you finished your internship at CBA Studios? And also, could you tell us a little bit more about CBA Studios for those that might not be familiar with the company? Yeah, it's uh, what was it? It was like it was an independent animation studio where they like take on different clients who want like a short film for uh, whatever project they're working on. Um, and okay. mm-hmm. it was run by Chaz Bottoms. I'm not sure if he still oh. runs it or how it works, but he's at Cartoon Network now, I think. But when I was working for him, I heard, I first heard of him through the uh, Black and Animated. It wasn't a podcast. They had an event on Zoom mm. where they were just, like, mm. it was like a and a with other Black artists in the industry. And honestly, I was kind of nervous to go, but my mom was like, you should go. So I was like, okay, and (laughs) I'm glad I listened to her because it worked out pretty well. Um, He talked about his studio. And so I sent him an email asking if he was looking for interns. And he was like, I am actually. uh, uh, Can I see your portfolio? And so I sent it to him and it ended up working out where um, I worked. That was more animation focused. So like I was actually animating Mm -hmm. in that job. And uh he gave me uh, everyone who worked there. It was like all artists from across the country, basically. And we're meeting online um, on Zoom. Mm-hmm. We all had he gave us all a Toon Boom license so we could use the program. And that was interesting because I had never used a program like that before. And I kind of had to learn out of necessity. Like he gave us the program and then was like, OK, walk cycles due by the end of the week. And I was like, oh, my God, OK. <laughs> Like, I've never used this program. Okay, I'm going to go on Google. I'm going to figure it out because I I need to like, I need to have this walk cycle done. Uh, I can't do it if I don't know how the program works. So I spent a lot of time just like um, figuring out how it works. And I kind of learned something new every week. We had like a new thing to do at the end of the week. I worked both on, he had a Kickstarter for his pilot uh, for the show And I think part of the Kickstarter rewards was like, we'll animate you in the background. So he had all of us like working on that. Oh, I got sent a picture of like a backer and I had to like draw them in the style of the show Mm -hmm. and then animate them walking. And then the other thing we did was like a it was for the CDC. I think they wanted like a COVID instructional video for kids. So I had to like animate that. Um, but I think like the biggest takeaway was kind of like the pipeline, like in a more professional setting. Like mm-hmm. I feel like in school, it was all me. Like, you know, I do the boards, I do the designs, but here it was more of like a team 
effort where it's like Mm -hmm. you get assigned these shots this person does these shots and then we all meet up and Mm -hmm. like discuss which was good i think it kind of gave me an exposure to like working on a team uh like a team environment like seeing what other people are doing and like kind of like bouncing stuff off each other overall i think it was that and honestly like the toon boom license was like one of the biggest blessings to me (laughs) Uh, I was, I loved the program so much that I was using it outside of work just for fun, Mm -hmm. like side projects. Mm -hmm. And Chaz was very encouraging of that. He's like, uh, since it's like an industry standard program, it's like good that you know how to use it. And I was having, honestly, I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I, that was like the most fun I've had animating when I had my semester off and I still had the license. I was like going crazy animating, like in all my spare time, (laughs) I was having so much fun. I look back very fondly on like all the animations I made during that time because I was like really enjoying learning the program and like figuring out like all the like uh, keyframing tools and like all the like rigging stuff. I was like, wow, this is so much fun. Um, my license expired so a while ago. I really want to get it back because I enjoyed using it so much. I'm not sponsored yeah. by Toon Boom, by the way. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking them up so much. <laughs> I'm oh, not sponsored by them. It's industry but... standard for a reason. So. Yeah, yeah. Even when I came back to school for senior year to work on my thesis film, most people were using TV paint for their final. But oh, I like, I was talking to mm-hmm. the tech people and i was like could you guys get toon boom on the computers for and they're like yeah we could figure that out and i was like oh thank god so <laughs> i was able to use a program i was really familiar with to make my final which was really great so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but that was a very good experience awesome. it was nice to have something on my resume like that to where like yes i worked at a team before uh i've like animated on something before so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something else I kind of want to ask you is that could you tell us a little bit more about like your webcomic? Sorry, how how is it pronounced? Pony? Peony. Peony, okay. Honestly, I thought it it was Peony for the longest time. (laughs) I'm making it with my friend, um, Leo, who also went to Micah. So we were like really good friends um, and he does comic art and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So we were like working on it together and I was like, so for Peony? And he's like, you mean Peony, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, look it up. <laughs> it's like the name of the flower. I was like, my whole life I thought it was pronounced peony. I'd never heard anyone say it out loud. And I was thinking about changing the name because I was like, peony, I don't like that. It sounds weird. And he's like, oh, I mean, it's it's how you say the flower. I'm like, so I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm committed to the name. I'm going to keep it. It's peony now. I'm used to it. But yeah, it is weird. I feel like even now, like people I talk to are like, so peony and i'm like man everyone's just like me like no one (laughs) just like it's like for real (laughs) i mean like how would you know like i'm not a flower expert i just thought it was a cool name i didn't know but yes um Mm -hmm. it's a webcomic uh (laughs) it's like my main side project that i do outside of work like i get off work and i go work on another page um it's funny while i was in college i had a webcomic project um called crisis o2 and it was like my my main thing that I was doing outside of school. And I still honestly, I'm still kind of surprised that I was able to keep it going for as long as I was while still doing school. Like, I feel like I was so busy, mm-hmm. but I still made time for it. Um, but I ended up discontinuing it just because I didn't plan the story out appropriately. Like, I feel like I was getting to a point where I was like, 
I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> and I kind of lost passion for it, I think. Even though I still like like the characters and the idea, I just felt like it wasn't going anywhere. So I discontinued it. But I feel like I used everything that I learned from that to make a new comic. I was like, I want to try to do it right this time to where like I have help now. Like I have my friend who helped me kind of write the story and I like plan everything out. So I actually know what's going to happen like <laughs> before I make the page. Um, I'm like using tools that I used before to help like with the background art and like uh, composition and all that stuff. Um, but the main plot is um, it's like a body swapping story where it kind of comes from like kind of because a lot a lot of nightmares that I have are about like not having control over my body like I get swapped with someone and like my body like runs away or something so I was like (laughs) I was like what if like you swap bodies with like a criminal and they have your body and they're using it to like commit crimes and it's not you so you have Uh to like track down this criminal who has your body and like figure out how to get it back so that's kind of what it's about Mm. so it's kind of like a adventure action kind of thing really influenced a lot by Lupin of course it's like my favorite (laughs) thing so I kind of had to I feel like with Crisis O2 it was me kind of paying homage to like mecha anime that I like and then with this one I'm like paying homage to like Lupin and like heist stuff and like a lot of running around with guns (laughs) so yeah that's kind of like my side project that I've been working on. It's been a lot of fun. Like I really do. uh, There was a period of time when I wasn't making comics and I was focusing on work and um, design, but I realized I do really miss like comic making. Like I feel like working in animation, you kind of get used to like drawing things in motion and with comics, it's like, you're still doing that. Like, but uh, with animation, it's like you're doing frame by frame. But with this, it's like, there could be, who knows how long in between each panel, like, you know, you're thinking about like story structure and all that stuff. I'm not sure if I'm making any sense, but <laughs> no, no. You, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think just like going for it, I don't know, like just going for it in the sense of like, oh, you made one webcomic and then it like kind of petered off because you actually didn't know where you were going. I still feel like that's a good experience, right? You like. Mm-hmm. just going for it just starting something even if it you know you don't finish it or whatever yeah yeah definitely i'm glad that i i'm glad that i did it like at the end of the day it was it was a lot of fun i i really enjoyed it um when i was making it and i learned so much yeah. like i learned how much work it is to have a webcomic <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work uh i learned mm-hmm. like a style that i liked because i feel like a lot of it is experimenting because like I hadn't settled on like a primary style I wanted to use. I was kind of figuring it out with every page that I made until I finally kind of fell into like a a groove that I kind of liked, like for the workflow and everything. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that I, I did. I planned it a little bit beforehand uh, over winter break, I think. And I was like, OK, when I get back, I'm going to start it. Uh, going to put together the website and I'm just going to make a bunch of pages and then upload them over the course of like a couple weeks and see how it goes. And I think Mm. that 
it was fun too, because I was still like at school at the time. So I had all my friends who were kind of rooting for me and they're like, Oh, there's a new page today. And I think it made me want to work even more because I had like support from friends. Yeah. And they would like tell their friends about it. And that was a really fun time. I think like having other people like be vocally supportive of my little side project. It's nice too now because my friends from school who still follow me, like when they heard that, um, that crisis or two was ending, they were really sad. But when they heard that oh. another one coming, they were like really excited. So, <laughs> uh, okay. yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. One of the next things I kind of want to segue into is that could you tell us how does like your cultural background influence you or your art? Yeah. You know, it's an interesting question. At first I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure what to say, but I'm like, I think I, I think I can speak to that mainly just in the idea of like, representing myself because like it's been really cool seeing other black artists kind of make their way into the industry and like kind of Mm -hmm. focus a lot on like depicting black characters black families stuff like that in Mm -hmm. cartoons i think the biggest kind of tip off for me was um, watching Steven universe when that was coming out and just being kind of surprised at just like how diverse, like both the cast in the show and also like the crew working on it and like voice actors. And like, I don't know, it it Mm -hmm. was really like special for me. And I think from that point, uh, I think growing up, I was kind of shy to draw like uh, black characters. I think Mm -hmm. just because like, it's never it wasn't like the default really like you see on tv and stuff so like you'd learn to draw like something else instead you know but Mm -hmm. i think after seeing that it kind of gave me the okay to where like it's fine and also i probably should do it (laughs) so (laughs) so i got a lot more comfortable with doing that and i think it's kind of my goal now to do the same thing for other kids i guess who are watching and like have them know that like it's okay to like want to draw people who look like you and like have them be on tv and i think it's great too that i'm working on jessica now like what are the odds (laughs) where like (laughs) yeah um, yeah like one of the bigger influences of yeah yeah it's like it's it's really great to be able to work on a show that's kind of focused well it's not focused on it but like you know it's it's not only like Jessica's like home life and experience, but there are definitely like little indicators in the show that are like things that I grew up learning just because like being black and having a black family. Mm-hmm. And it makes, yeah, it makes me happy. Like little things like that. Yeah. Obviously I can't talk too much about the show itself, but it's not out yet. Yeah. I hope that like it's, since it's like a preschool show, I hope that the kids who are watching, you know, they see themselves in uh, Jessica and all her friends, which, you know, uh, makes me really excited for whenever the show will air. We still don't know if it's going to be on TV or HBO or anything like that. But uh, mm. when we find out, I'll definitely be posting about it because I really want people to watch it. <laughs> for sure. Fingers crossed on that because honestly, like Jessica is such a fun character and and just Craig of the Creek. So I'm really excited to see what her own show kind of entails. But one of the things I really wanted to comment on was uh, kind of how you're saying growing up, like your default wasn't drawing black characters, your default was like white. 
And I'm really hoping with more shows like Craig of the Creek, Jessica's Big Little World, mm-hmm. and like, you know, the Casa Grandes, Santiago of the Seas, just, you know, Glitch Text. There's so many shows coming out now with more characters. Like, um, Disney has this upcoming show called Primos. That's also mm. going to be coming out down the pipeline. But hopefully more more uh, younger kids see that there is a range of different uh, of different people, different people of different color, where they can just draw what they want to draw or draw more kids or draw characters that look like them. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm very much there with you. I think when I, when I was younger as well, like I, well, my default was like anime, but even like the characters I would draw were very white passing. Like I never thought about when I was younger drawing characters that looked like me mm-hmm. or that were, you know, brown, black, anything outside of just white passing. And I'm hoping that like with these shows that changes and uh, white isn't the automatic default for like a, a character or a drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally yeah. Agree. It's yeah. I feel like it's so funny. Like I talk to other people of color about this and I feel like, a lot of people relate <laughs> where it's yeah. like no, it's you grow true. up and you, yeah <laughs> it's just kind of the default so it's like okay i'll just draw that i guess and then once you kind of get that something kind of clicks later in life when you're like oh i could just draw black people <laughs> if i want to <laughs> like there's no yeah. rule that says i can't do that so i'm gonna do it <laughs> so <laughs> It's it's really good. I think we're living in a really good time for that. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what the next generation comes up with now that they have more options, you know. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's exciting. Well, Corinth, thank you for joining us. Where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to promote? Sure. Um, so I'm on Instagram at uh hey it's Corinth. And um I have a Twitter also which is the same at, I don't post that much art on there anymore, unfortunately. I try, but like most, if you want to see like mainly art, you should probably just go to my Instagram. And for things to promote, uh, I guess check out my webcomic, peony.webcomic.ws if you want to check it out. Uh, It just started, so there's only like four pages up right now, but it, there's a new page every Sunday. And also, if you have like cousins or kids who are preschool age, um, they might enjoy Jessica's Big Little World whenever that comes out. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> we're su- I think we're supposed to hear where it's going to be in the summertime. Like uh, by then it should be out somewhere. So we'll figure that out. Hopefully it ends up like on tv or streaming or something i'm trying to like tell all my family members i'm like if you know kids you know (laughs) maybe get them to watch the show (laughs) we put a lot of love into it uh we work really hard Mm -hmm. so and i mean it looks great so far i think it's got a great style to it so i hope that it's Mm -hmm. able to reach a lot of people who will enjoy it as we come to a close, is there any final advice you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in the animation industry? Ooh, I think the biggest one is always follow up. I've like learned that now 
I, I think even in school, like all my teachers were like, always follow up. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just, I, I'm always <laughs> nervous. I had a lot of anxiety around emails, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do it, but honestly, like just, just type up the email and just close your eyes and hit send. <laughs> just like, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to do it. I feel like more often than not, you'll be rewarded for like, you know, at least like, poking someone and giving them your information like you never know where it could lead like you know even if you apply for something and you don't hear back and you're convinced that they forgot like it it couldn't hurt to just like update your information and just shoot them an email and be like by the way just in case uh i don't know if you're still considering uh, applicants but i have updated my portfolio here's the link you know something along those lines more professional than that but I wish that someone had really hammered that into my head more when I was younger, because I feel like I could have gotten a lot more opportunities uh, in my earlier school career. But definitely don't be afraid to send emails and like talk to people. (laughs) Definitely that. And also, if there are artists you like online, it never hurts to check out their portfolio website and just see what it looks like. You know, like it was so helpful for me when I had my semester off just looking at other artists who have worked on TV shows and have their portfolio link on their social media or whatever, just to check it out and see what model sheets look like, what turnarounds look like, like even web design too, like seeing what, what's effective. Um, Don't be afraid to do that either. Uh, And that's my advice. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect advice. Well, thanks again for joining us today. And if you audience member enjoyed our interview with Corinth, Please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Redier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future, Straight Ahead. Until next week... Have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.